everybody thank you for tuning in to the ladies promoting transparent advocacy podcast i am your podcast host shape pate and this tune is called wonderful so i thought it would be a good tune to start off my wonderful women wednesday sit back as we celebrate several wonderful women on this wonderful women wednesday we're going to celebrate more than one we're going to talk about three and enjoy the episode hey everybody on this wonderful women wednesday I decided to keep up. You know, I try to sometimes link the whole week in a theme. And since next week, I am going to be off for the next two weeks. Next week is Thanksgiving. And although I've done, I think, two different episodes on Indigenous people and Indigenous women, I want to kind of still do something regarding November being Native American Heritage Month. And since Thanksgiving is linked to this, I thought it was very important to make today's Wonderful Women Wednesday about two women who are extremely powerful, and I knew nothing about them. You know, my research always tells me stuff, but I saw a special, it was a short film on PBS. It was actually called the uh, PBS Short Film Festival Without a Whisper. And I want you to hear a few minutes of this. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but we're going to um, hear from two amazing women. One is named Mother Louise Hearn, and another one is Dr. Sally Roche-Wagner. These two ladies are very, very um, informative about things that we may or may not have heard about. And when I went to PBS's website, you know, it was really interesting to read the fact that this might be history people don't know about. And they explored the untold story of how indigenous women influenced the early suffragists in their fight for freedom and equality. The Mohawk clan is where Mother Louise Hearn is from and Dr. Sally Roche-Wagner They shaped the foundation of the established history of the women's rights movement in the United States, joining forces to shed light on the hidden, hidden, H-I-D-D-E-N, which means you don't want it to be seen, on the hidden history of the influence of the Okay. Okay, I messed this up because the man says it and I was practicing it and I still messed it up. So let me spell what I'm trying to say. H-A-U-D-E-N-O-U-S-A-U-N-E-E, women on the women's right movement. And so I want you to hear the first few minutes of this because I like what this woman is saying. And this is Louise speaking So check this out because, you know, when we think of Thanksgiving, it's not just about going home to your family and and sharing a meal. It's really about what has happened to the Native American community and how America has really pretty much did them wrong. So check this out. And like I said, you can find this on PBS, 
Org, and I really think it's powerful to see some of the things that is uh, being seen and said and shown. As I read this, there's things that's coming up on the screen that you can't see, so I'm going to read them. Women make movies as who's doing this. 1848, the first women's convention was held in Seneca Falls, New York, launching the women's right movement in the United States. I did not know that. So now I'm giving you a little history. Then it says, there is a hidden story that you will not find in the history books. I would pay a million dollars to know what my grandmothers, great grandmothers were doing when Columbus arrived, or when the Revolutionary War was going on, or when the War of 1812 was going on through here. I would give anything to know what those women were going through. It was never written about. We have to go in search of and almost have to begin at this point to tell our stories so that we leave a really rich inheritance for our great-great-granddaughters and our great-great-grandsons. Women's rights began with suffragists. That is a major myth. The reality is that women had political voice on this land a thousand years ago. <laughs> and that is not past tense because Louise carries on a thousand year old tradition. Growing up, I learned about, I think, Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton, maybe. I had no idea that Native women, in fact, had political power in this country long before. I remember growing up and listening to the grandmas and uh, um, them hearing about feminism. My grandma would say, we're not feminists, we're the law. <laughs> Our names are playing our nation. That's what she's saying. Or carried by the mothers. That's how much strength the women have. When the Statue of Liberty was unveiled in New York Harbor in 1886, they said, look at the hypocrisy here. Liberty is represented as a woman in a country where not a single woman has political liberty. That's a good point, people. Listen to that. 
Liberty. Women's rights movement was born here in Seneca Falls in 1848, and I'm proud that we live up to the legacy in New York. Greetings to you today on behalf of the Mohawk Nation and the Haudenosaunee Confederacy. Truly, today is a day of change, but it's not about history, it's about her story. And in her story, she's going to say, you've all been lied to, because it didn't begin here. We had the right to choose our leadership. And men became leaders only through the uterine voice that said it to be so. Imagine if that was in your constitution. And for some reason, my grandmothers didn't even have a whisper in her story. When I just hang out with Haudenosaunee women, I come away a different woman. <laughs> because there are ways that you're strong. You know that you have a right to be in the world. I didn't set out to look for the influence of the Haudenosaunee on the women's rights movement. It did not enter my mind that Native women could teach women anything. How could this have gone on with nobody writing about it? When Penguin Classics came to me saying, we're thinking of doing a suffrage anthology. What would you like to see? I want a story that begins not with White Woman and not in Seneca Falls. I want the origins of the women's rights movement on the soil of this land. My thought was, they're not going to publish something like this. It is way too far out of the mainstream. <laughs> Hey, 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 for half hour so busy. Oh. It is. It's super busy. You have to have a drink of sap water, maple water. I'd love to. There you go. Liquid gold. Thank you. Right out yeah. of the, the wealth of our trees that are really important. This is my world. This is me as a baby. Really? This is someone who is taking the world pretty seriously. <laughs> 
Now, I'm not going to play the entire movie, uh, short film. I just wanted you to kind of hear Sally and Louise talk, and so you can kind of see the authenticity of the conversation. But I definitely want you guys to go to PBS Short Film Festival and check this out. It aired on July 12, 2021. And I want to salute not just these two women, but everything that the Native American women stood for and given us the history about the women's rights. I didn't know that it started with them, but it makes sense. Like she said, it would have been interesting to see when Columbus discovered America, even though America was already discovered. Wow, ladies, bravo to all of you, to your cultural, to your heritage. And I'm hoping with Thanksgiving being next week, people that listen to this really understand how our Native Americans not only were treated in the past, but are still being treated, and especially the women. So, um, bravo PBS for doing this. They said their story would never get told. Well, I'm hoping somebody's listening to this episode and listening to the story, and will send this information to other people to go check out the special. It's called Without a Whisper, and it's a PBS short film. Now, I'm going to tell you, when I was listening to, well, actually physically watching the PBS short film, they talked about Susan B. Anthony. And I'm just going to say, as a person who grew up when the Susan B. Anthony coin was distributed, I was so excited to get one. And I actually have a couple now. I had no idea of how... Um, influential this woman was. And so when they mentioned her, I said, let me go and look her up. Now, I know she died in New York. So New York is a pivoted place regarding the women's rights movement. But I just want to read a little bit about her because she's an American social reformer and women's rights activist who played a pivoted role in the women's suffrage movement. Okay, she was born into a Quaker family committed to social equality. She collected anti-slavery petitions at the age of 17. In 1856, she became the New York State agent for the American Anti-Slavery Society. Now, I was kind of concerned that this is history that I didn't know as an African-American, and this wasn't even taught to my knowledge, to me, I can speak for. And when we learned a little bit of black history, did very few schools even taught. So, you know, history is so important, and I'm glad they mentioned her so I can find out who she was. In 1851, she met Elizabeth Caddy Stanton, who became her lifelong friend and co-worker in social reform activities, primarily in the field of women's rights. In 1852, they founded the New York Women's State Temperance Society after Anthony was prevented from speaking at a temperance conference because she was female. In 1863, they founded the Women's Loyal National League, which conducted the largest petition drive in United States history up to that time, collecting nearly 400,000 signatures in support of the, op <clears throat> excuse me, the abolishing, the abolishing of slavery. And in 1866, they initiated the American Equal Rights Association, which campaigned for equal rights for both women and African-Americans. In 1868, they began um, publishing a woman's right newspaper called The Revolution. In 1869, they founded the National Women's Suffrage Association as part of a split 
in the women's movement. In 1890, the split was formally healed when their organization merged with the rival American Women's Suffrage Association to form the National American Women's Suffrage Association with Anthony as its key force. In 1876, Anthony and Stanton began working with Matilda Jocelyn Gage, who went... <clears throat> on what eventually grew into the six-volume history of women's suffrage. The interests of Anthony and Stanton diverged somewhat in later years, but the two remained close friends. In 1872, Anthony was arrested for voting in her hometown of Rochester, New York, and convicted in a widely publicized trial. Although she refused to pay the fine, the authorities declined to take further action. So in 1878, Anthony and Stanton arranged for Congress to be present when an amendment giving women the right to vote introduced by Senator Aaron A. Sargent, a Republican in California. It later became known as the Susan B. Anthony Amendment. It was eventually ratified as the 19th Amendment to the United States Constitution in 1920. Anthony traveled extensively in support of women's suffrage, giving as many as 75 to 100 speeches per year and working on many state campaigns. She worked internationally for women's rights, playing a key role in creating the International Council of Women, which is still active. She also helped to bring about the World's Congress of Representative Women at the World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago in 1893, when she first began campaigning campaigning for women's rights, Anthony was harshly ridiculed and accused of trying to destroy the institution of marriage. Public perception of her changed radical during her lifetime, radically during her lifetime. However, her 80th birthday was celebrated in the White House at the invitation of President William McKinley. She became the first female citizen to be depicted on U.S. coinage when her portrait appeared on the $1979 coin. Bravo, Susan B. Anthony. I'm glad I learned that because I, I I didn't really know that much. I just knew that I wanted a Susan B. Anthony coin and have several. And it was a woman and it, it was a beautiful coin. If you see the coin, it's, it's beautiful. So, you, ladies, 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 we going to call this. This is Women's Rights Wednesday. You know, it's just so many things to talk about, not just without a whisper. You know, you got to go check that out. But the, we going to call this without a whisper women. Uh, women's right movement Wednesday. That's a lot of words and they're not all W, but my point is, you know, on wonderful women Wednesday, we always like to celebrate wonderful women. So I just wanted to, uh, talk about these three amazing women. And now I'm going to look at the Susan B. Anthony coin totally different. <laughs> you know, before I close this episode out, I happened to find an article that is actually written by Dr. Sally Wagner, and it's entitled How Native American Women Inspired the Women's Right Movement, and it's found on a website called N as in Nancy, P as in Paul, S as in Sam.gov. And it's, I'm not going to read the whole article, but I just want to read a couple paragraphs um, in the article that I found really interesting, and they're talking about all of the women. And there's a quote at the very beginning that says, never was justice more perfect. Never was civilization higher. And that was a quote by suffrage leader Matilda Joslyn Gage. 
And there were some paragraphs throughout this whole article. I just want to read, and ironically, as I said, it's by someone we were actually talking about, Dr. Wagner. And I just want to read some excerpts. At mid-19th century, the majority of women living in the United States, that is to say, single and married white women, as well as all enslaved women, had no say in family or government decisions. It was illegal in every state for women to vote. They could not serve on a jury, sue or be sued, write a will, or in any way act as a legal entity. Wow. Women, on the other hand, okay, I can never say this word. Forgive me. Hondenosani? Hondenosani? Condonosony women, on the other hand, maintain their own identity and all their rights to their body, property, political voice, and children, whether married or unmarried, before colonization. And the reason why I'm picking certain excerpts, because as I mentioned, you know, next Thursday's Thanksgiving, and the Native Americans are viewed um in various ways, and I want to honor them respectfully. So I just want to read some of the excerpts uh, that were written in this article. Marriage was considered a covenant with God by white Christian Americans, not a commitment between two people. State laws either outlawed divorce or made it nearly impossible to obtain. Stanton faced criticism from clergy and some other suffragists for promoting divorce in the case of a loveless marriage or one in which the wife was in danger from a violent husband. She celebrated divorce. Honda Nasenu, Honda, I'm going to get this right eventually. Style pointing to it as a model. Quote, usually the females rule the house, she told the National Council of Women in 1891. And woe to the luckless husband or lover who was too shiftless to do his share of the providing. He might at any time be ordered to pick up his blanket and budge. And after such an order, it would not be hard, excuse me, it would not be healthful for him to attempt to disobey. The house would be too hot for him, and unless saved by the intercession of some aunt or grandmother, he must retreat to his own clan or go and start a new matrimonial alliance in some other. I don't know what that means, but I'm reading what I saw, and I thought it was interesting. It was disturbing because it goes on to say rape and other acts of violence against women by most accounts were rare in indigenous societies prior, prior, listen to the word, prior to European contact and dealt with harshly in the rare event they occurred. White women who spent time on Native American reservations routinely commented on the degree of safety they felt and the freedom to move at their own will and discretion. A mail carrier in the late 1800s told a New York Herald reporter visiting the Seneca Nation, quote, a white woman can go around alone among them or on the most 
desculent roads with perfectly, excuse me, with perfect safety. I'd rather have my wife or daughter go around alone at night in this reservation than in the town I live in, uh, end quote. A school teacher concurred and said, quote, it is the only place at which I ever taught in which I never was insulted. I've heard the same from every woman teacher I know on the reservation. So, I mean, that's good to hear that people are talking about the safety on the reservations. So, as I said, in honor of uh, November being Native American Heritage Month, as well as next week being Thanksgiving, I wanted to honor all these amazing women and tell them they're wonderful and thank them for giving us some history because I learned a lot and those listening to this episode will learn just as much. And although um, we are celebrating these women, let's please also remember the indigenous women that keep going missing. I have to mention that because I did an episode on that. So check it out. And we have to pray for them and their safety. And um, don't let the ball be dropped on that issue because it's very important. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. And I hope that this wonderful Women Wednesday was informative uh, you got some history out of it, and you got some appreciation. Well, guys, this will end this episode, and I hope that the information that you received is inspiring, uplifting, and informative. As I always say, Follow us on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. That's capital A as in Advocacy, capital L as in Ladies. We are also now on Instagram, and forgive me because I'm still trying to learn Instagram, but we are, we are on Instagram also at Advocacy Ladies. And you can follow us on many of the podcast apps. We are on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Pandora, Alexa TuneIn, and of course, my hosting podcast company, Podbean. If you have any questions or subjects you want us to look into, give us a call. We're at 404-855-7723, or you can send us an email at podcasthostshaypate19 at gmail.com. And you know my favorite question is, what do you have to say? Thank you for listening.